In the previous episode, I celebrated 20 lessons from 20 episodes. The 20 lessons were broken down into four key themes. These were goals, mindset, managing your career change, and getting the right support. If you're looking for great insights from the amazing guests that I've had on the show, go check it out. Are you feeling stuck in your career and life? I'm Chris, and in 2018, I was sick of my job, I quit, and I decided to go traveling around Asia. I wanted to do my own thing. After trying lots of different business ideas and making a lot of mistakes along the way, I finally found a new path and qualified as a coach. This podcast is me documenting my journey as a coach on a mission to help you find a career that matters to you. And going beyond your career, you get all the tools you need to smash your personal projects too. Are you ready to close the gap on where you want to be? Let's go! Hi guys, welcome to the podcast today. I wanted to get Flora Russo back on the show to help people thinking about getting into property and the first steps they need to take. Flora is an experienced property investor and deal sourcer, and if you haven't heard how she left her corporate sales role and became a property entrepreneur, head on over to episode one for more. I personally love property, and when you get into property, you start to develop yourself and push yourself out of the comfort zone. 2020 has been yeah, a tough year for everyone, but I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities in property next year. So now's a good time to start learning. Let's get into it. Hi, Flora. Welcome back to the podcast today. Hi, Chris. Thank you very much for having me back. So I thought it'd be good to get you back on the show to talk about how someone thinking about getting into property could potentially do it as a side hustle and then obviously learn from all your experience as well. Maybe you could give our listeners an overview of where you're at with your property business. Yeah, of course, of course. So I've started three years ago. And the first thing I did was actually getting educated because I didn't have a clue about how to buy property in the UK and how to do it properly. And since then, I managed to build a portfolio by Toulette in the northeast of the country. That's my investment area. And aside, I built a sourcing business as well. And I'm really happy to say that today I managed to source property number 40 since January this year. Yes. That's amazing. And for our listeners that aren't aware of uh, sourcing, what could you give an overview of what sourcing is, please? Yeah, of course. So essentially, sourcing agent is someone who can help people to build property portfolios. So people that maybe are cash rich, but time poor, so they don't have the time to travel in an investment area, gather the information about the area, connect to people that are useful for them to have around. So they just you know, rely on people like me that have done everything already and they rely on my experience and knowledge of the area of the people and uh, everything that is around property investing. So it's a really good way of being able to invest in different areas without having to necessarily go there all the time to arrange stuff. That's absolutely correct that they don't have to think about anything just uh, provide me with their investment requirements and then I will do all the work from finding the property for them, negotiating with the agent, following up with all the people involved and then of course with the refurbishment and the letting as well. So with our, say someone of our listeners are looking to get into property and yeah, what would you say, you've mentioned education as a good starting point. What else do you think they need to get in place so they'd be able to start investing? Yeah, I think people should have a clear idea of their strategy And then, of course, the strategy will determine the investment area as well, because you know that maybe if you're looking for long-term investment and for good cash flow, maybe you go north, where I do invest as well. But if you're looking for capital appreciation, maybe you stay south. 
So this mm-hmm. could be a good starting point. Another starting point that I would recommend is actually get everything sorted, like fi- the finance, in order to be ready to buy when the, the time comes. And what I mean by that is, for example, you know, the credit score is very important. It's a very important document to have tied. So people have to be sure that they pay their bills on time, their credit card on time, in order to have a high credit score when they have to, well, ask for mortgages or bridging loans. That is really important. And so I would recommend maybe to talk to a mortgage broker and start filling in the fact find. Is a tedious document, but has to be done because that will help a lot. So if you can get that in advance, that's even better. Yeah, I think that's yeah really important to get yeah your finances in shape. Yeah, and exploring the different options that you go in terms of borrowing as well. Maybe you can get mortgages, so you can explore bridging loans just to see you know what what you actually have available. Bridging loans are the high interest short term loans. Correct, correct. So they could work very well, for example, if you buy properties at auction because they give you quick money, although they're more expensive, as as you just mentioned. Another good recommendation, actually, just because you touched this point, is uh, maybe to start raising money with private lenders. The private lenders could be your family and friends, so you can start talking to them about uh, what is your future plan and what you're thinking to do in property investing and maybe you can ask if they're willing to be part of this new adventure with you. So this mm. uh, could be even a, you know, an even more, I would say, cheaper way of borrowing money. Yeah, I was able to do the same, actually. And yeah, borrow some from family and friends just to get started myself. It's a yeah, really good method well to tap into. Yeah, Definitely, and, yes. And you mentioned in episode one about being trying to kind of motivate yourself and setting goals as well. So what can you say around that? What, what do people need to think about there? Yeah, that's a very important point because, of course, if you don't have goals, you you don't know where you're going. So you lose focus and you lose motivation and determination. So for me, it's really important to have a business plan. So I kind of, you know, start from a figure that I want to achieve for the year and then I work backwards. I'll give you an example. So if I want to achieve a thousand pounds coming from rental income, How many houses do I have to buy? Hmm. And in order to buy the numbers of houses, how many views do I have to do? How many times do I have to go to my investment area to view the houses? And so on and so forth. So I kind of work backwards what I have to do. And also something that keeps me motivated is, uh, well, keeping in mind the end result, of course, and uh, surround myself with motivated people, people that are looking to build a portfolio as well. And of course, because it's not easy, we're all working towards the same goal. So, you know, we keep motivating each other and uh, we discuss challenges and how we overcome them. And you gain energy and uh, determination and motivation to not giving up and keep, keep going because it makes sense. And I, yeah, I remember when you said about the accountability partner, having someone yeah, that was on a similar journey, how that was really useful for you. That's correct. She plays a big role in my property career. We speak quite uh, often, every week, every two weeks. And uh, yeah, it's just about that, actually, sharing the challenges, sharing the, the wins as well, the loss, and uh, just um, keep telling ourselves that we're doing good we keep looking at how far we come in the last three years because we almost started together. 
And uh, we talk about our future project as well that is even more excited. So it's really important to have an accountability partner, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Just to help you stay motivated. Definitely. It's great you've been doing it together for so long as well. Yes, yes. We actually, we were in the same training room and we, start, we just start talking and uh, here we are. So what would you say if someone is working full time and thinking about doing this on the side? What else are they going to need to get in place just to make things easy or just to make progress? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, property investing requires a lot of time, you know, to if you are analyzing an area, you have to gather all the knowledge. And also if you have to analyze a deal, so you have to maybe dedicate some extra hours of your day to property investing and the weekend. So I would say it really depends on how fast you want to grow. If you're looking for to grow quite fast, maybe working with a sourcing agent could be an, an idea. Another idea could be try to do it more locally to you so you don't have to spend too much time traveling to your area because mine, for example, is three hours away. So it's quite far. And then based on the area, of course, you, well, you, you determine the strategy. It's usually the other way around. You, you pick a strategy and then you pick an area. But of course, if you live in London, maybe doing buy to let is not feasible but you can think about something like rent-to-rent. There's another good strategy in London, for example, yeah. Yeah, that moves nicely on to what I was thinking. So they've they've kind of got their, looked at their finances, thought about how they're going to manage their time, and yeah, also thought about some goals of like what they want to achieve and maybe thinking now about how quickly they want to achieve them as well. So then, yeah, you mentioned like rent-to-rent as a good strategy and also buy-to-let as well. So what what other strategies uh, are out there for people that are potentially working and looking to get into property. And there are quite a few strategies, to be honest. And that's that's a good part about property is that it's so creative that it really depends on the deal as well. But just to give you an answer, of course, is, um, for example, HMO or, you know, minimal, essentially, there are houses, maybe three, four bedroom houses that you rent by room. That could be a good one because the cash flow is higher. Yeah, so that's um, so HMO is House of Multiple Occupation for our listeners that are new to it, and then and then that's where the rooms are let individually, and then um, the what what was the other option? The mini kind of HMO. Yes, exactly. So there are very maybe three, four bedroom houses, so a mini HMOs, and there as well you rent the the properties out room by room. So it could be you can get higher cash flow out of them compared to a buy to let. They work quite well, maybe around hospitals. Uh, if you're targeting maybe doctors or nurseries or around uh, universities, if you're targeting students. Brilliant. So that's some really good options there. And if people uh, don't have so much starting capital, strategies like rent to rent, where you rent a property from a landlord and then sublet the rooms and uh, let the rooms individually and try and get an uptick in all the rents. That's quite good if you don't have too much starting capital because you're, you're effectively renting the property and then renting it out again. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Another good one, just because you mentioned this, is actually service accommodation. Now, with the current situation, I'm not sure what's the market for service accommodation, but just to explain the, the strategy. So essentially, you rent a property from the landlord and you do a little bit of refurb if you need it. Otherwise, you rent it out on Airbnb or Booking.com for a short period of time. 
So you don't have to buy the house, but you're just managing it. So essentially, it's a quite good cash flow in areas where it works, of course. So yeah, we talked about a few cash generation strategies that give you a bit of an income each month. What other strategies can you mention about just for capital growth? You can buy houses and refurb them and resell them. So you can make a lump sum of money doing that way. And it's actually really good to do, good to combine this strategy with uh, buying buy to let. And that's because when you refinance a buy to let, that could happen that you're going to leave some money in the deal. So you're not going to be able to pull all the money out. So with the flip, you can kind of make that money back. So you buy maybe two buy to let and then you do a flip in order to make that money back. And then you go again with two buy to let and you do another flip. This could be a good, good strategy to put in place. Yeah, I really like that. That's a good idea. I'll have to think of doing yes. that as well. <laughs> and then, yeah, sourcing as well. I mean, people can think about becoming a sourcing agent and building their pot of money that way. So helping in the meantime, other people to build a portfolio, but getting paid to do that and then using that money as a deposit to buy the first house, maybe. Looking back on your sourcing career, how did you go about securing those first deals that you could sell on to other investors? So I had the experience as a property investor already. So I had the knowledge of the area. So let's say I didn't really start from scratch. So for me, sourcing was kind of a natural thing to do. And so I had to build my database doing the networking that I was telling you about before, because you, you never know, people are always looking, you know, so why don't help them if you can? And then, yes, just building a relationship with them telling them more about what's going on in the area, why they should invest in that area. Is the council investing any money? Is there anything going on? What's the demographic? What kinds of return they can get investing there? And so on and so forth. And then, of course, when the deal comes and uh, uh, suit their requirement, they are going to buy it because you find them the perfect property for them. What kind of fees can a sourcing agent potentially make if they sell on? It depends. Of course, uh, I would say an average of £3,000 per deal if it's a buy-to-let. If it's an HMO, you can go up to 5000 depending on the numbers, of course. And if you're talking about portfolio, is a percentage of the purchase price. And then, of course, if you're talking about land or commercial, even bigger. So you can really make good money uh, if you find your niche and you build a good relationship with your clients. And you do need to have certain kind of accreditations, don't you, to be able to source deals to other investors. So could you please explain that? Chris, this is a very important question to ask if you're looking to work with a sourcing agent. In order to be a fully compliant sourcing agent, you have to be registered with HMRC for anti-money laundering. You have to be registered for data protection with the ICO. You have to be part of the property redress scheme. And you need to have an indemnity insurance in place. And uh, that's it. Yeah, just doing everything above board. Because it is almost being like an estate agent, isn't it? It is, yes. It, yeah. it, that's what it is, actually, yes. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, lots of strategies out there. And I guess it just depends on what people's time position is and also what people's starting capital position is. Say if someone's chosen a strategy, maybe buy-to-lets, because you've got good experience with buy-to-lets. And then... So how do people go about choosing an area to invest and then maybe start doing some research? So they usually say that we should pick an area that is quite close to where we live, an hour, an hour and a half. But 
I personally live in London, so an hour, an hour and a half from London is London. So by to let, I'm not going to work for me. <laughs> but because I'm not time poor, you know, I, I don't mind to travel far. But essentially, let's say that this could be a good, you know, rule of thumb. So uh, an hour and a half, an hour, an hour and a half from where you live, in order to, let's say, narrow down an area, you need to understand what the rent demand is. So is that an area where people want to live? And in what kind of houses do they want to live? Is that two bedroom? Is that three bedroom? Does it have a garden? Does it have a garage? And so on and so forth. Schools, hospitals, supermarkets, amenities, uh, transport links are very important things to consider because if you're targeting a family, of course, on a buy-to-let, they want good schools close to the house. They want public transport. They want supermarkets. So these are things that are very important. Motorways, train stations, underground stops and so on and so forth all really key things to look out for there and and you mentioned about the the time being important as well uh, yeah how much time you've got to be able to to get to an area what actually influenced you in your decision to go up north so you you were looking at different areas outside of london what drew you to that area yeah, and it's a funny story as well because they told me look around where you live and they did a little bit of researches and I couldn't find a good stock of properties available. So I just opened Google Maps and I decided to go very far. <laughs> and that's how I picked Newcastle. Is it a true story? So I picked Newcastle just looking at Google Maps. And then from there, I started doing all the desktop researches. So essentially all the process that I went through with you just now. So the demographic, of course, the employment as well, you know, where people work. Is that a good area? Do people want to live there? And then I did it probably for a couple of weeks. And then I just booked a train ticket and I went up there myself because I think it's very important to see with your eyes what's going on in the area, you know, because you have a, a real feel of it. And um, you can also decide if you like it or not, because at the end of the day, you can really work, if I can say that, anywhere you want with properties. So if you don't like an area, why stopping there? You can just move to another one. Yeah, as long as, uh, yeah, as, long as you say it's got good demand and then you're happy Definitely. after visiting it. Yeah, brilliant. And you mentioned desktop research. So what, what tools do you use to do that, that kind of um, research from your computer? I would say mainly Rightmove. And then, uh, of course, I like uh, talking on the phone to agents. I think they are a very important part of the business. So, for example, if I have to assess rent demand or if I'm looking for comparables, I always pick up the phone and talk to them. First of all, is to build a relationship as well. And second, because they have the experience and the knowledge that no one else has. Yeah, they're so valuable. Just having that local knowledge because they can tell you like dodgy streets to avoid or streets to focus on. Just saves you, saves, saves you headaches, yeah. I know. It's happened to me recently that I found a very good deal and um, it was really, really good uh, in terms of figures. And then I just shared the postcode with my letting agent and she said, stay away, never buy there because they're going to have a lot of headaches and me too and we don't want that. I was like, mm. well, I totally agree. I'm going to stay away. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. So she advice. saved me a lot of money. <laughs> 
Yeah, nice. So people have like chosen a strategy and then they're looking at different areas, doing a bit of research. And you mentioned, yeah, just visiting. The next step is a bit doing a bit of uh, due diligence, really, isn't it? And making sure that you know you don't just jump into it. You're happy with the numbers. And what kind of tips could you help people with just doing their own due diligence? Yeah, so due diligence, I believe, is really personal because, you know, I'm talking as an investor, but I'm talking as a sourcing agent as well. So uh, before working with my clients, I qualify all of them. And trust me, the demand that, sorry, the requirements they have is just so different one from the other. So sometimes when you look at deal and you think, well, I don't think this is good enough or I don't think my clients will buy it. Well, actually, there are people that are looking at different things because, you know, we use the model buying below market value, adding the value through the refurbishment and refinance after six months. Well, I've got clients who are going to refinance since two years time. So they don't really, it's not, it's not that important, important for them to refinance after six months. So because of this, the requirements are different, you know. So I would say it really depends on what you think is a good deal for you. What kind of return you want to get for it? Do you want your money back as soon as you can? Of course, everyone wants. (laughs) (laughs) Are you happy to leave the money in for at least three years? Mm. Are you looking for a very specific return on investment after the refinance? Or are you happy with anything? It really depends on that. Yeah, so it it can vary, but it it just depends on what people are looking for in terms of return and how quickly they want their money back. Yeah, correct. But of course, I mean, comparables are key for doing your due diligence. And that's, as I said before, you know, talking to local agents when you don't find this information online is really important. So I think we've covered some really, really great information there to help people go from thinking about property to, yeah, maybe just dipping their toes and being able to maybe look at different strategies and maybe look at different areas as well for potential. Mm-hmm, yeah. So yeah, thanks for that, Flora. So just before we wrap up, have you got any other tips based on your experience that you'd like to share with listeners? Ooh, where am I starting from? <laughs> <laughs> I would say build a good and strong team around you because if uh, you want to become a sourcing agent, for example, you need to have a great relationship, not only with agents, but with solicitor. You need to have a strong build, build team behind you because they are the people that are going to deliver you know the project as well so you have to rely on them having a project manager is useful as well if you're not local because you have someone on the ground keeping an eye on behalf of you when you're not there and uh, relationship with good letting agents as well i would say i decided to do trainings of course they were expensive but for me i don't know it felt good at the time now you can really find so many information online as well that, you know, if people are not struggling with money, but maybe they're not willing to invest some of money in education, they can start listening to podcasts, for example, or just researching the different uh, strategies online. They can join Facebook groups that, you know, have plenty of information and just get in contact with people that have done it before and ask for advice. Yeah, so build a strong team around you to get things done so you're not doing everything yourself no don't try yeah (laughs) imagine if you had to do all the refurbs on those 40 deals that you (laughs) sourced you'd be endless on that i I won't be here talking to you probably Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so really good chatting to you flora and what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you to find out more information 
They can find me on social media, of course. For example, on Instagram at Flora Russo Property, or they can find me on Facebook as Flora Russo, and then empireresidential.co.uk. Nice. Oh, yeah, I'll add that into the show notes as well. Thanks for your time, Flora. It's been really good catching up again. It was my pleasure. In the next episode, I'll bring on another special guest to help you on your career change journey. Thanks for listening to the You in Five Years podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, hit subscribe. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a five-star review. I read all the reviews and it will massively help to grow the podcast. Keep moving forward, guys. Until next time, 